If you're looking to reduce your home's carbon footprint, then this episode of Plugged In is for you. Currently, most homes are heated using oil or natural gas-fueled boilers, but now heat pumps run on electricity are commercially available to heat and cool homes. But how do they work and why are they better for the environment? This is Plugged In, a podcast from Con Edison about everything related to energy. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Korbelis. To find out more about heat pumps, I went to one of the experts here at Con Ed, David Logston, with the Energy Efficiency Department. David is working to make heat pump technology as familiar to the public as solar panels. The first thing we want to know is, what is a heat pump and how does it work? So heat pumps uh, are... Uh, so there's two, two main uh, types of heat pumps. So there's ground source and heat, air source heat pumps. Uh, heat pumps are a very efficient means of heating and cooling for our customers uh, to undertake. So a heat pump is, is a, a very efficient way of heating or cooling a space because it actually just moves heat from one place to another. We're, we're very interested in, in clean ways to heat spaces. So a heat pump is reversible. So with a single device, you can either heat or cool a space. So a heat pump works uh, the same way your refrigerator works, or even a room air conditioner. A room air conditioner is actually a, a non-reversible heat pump. Um, so it's 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 a refrigerant cycle with a, comp- and I don't want to get too technical, but it's got a compression and an evaporation aspect to that cycle. And you're, that cycle is what allows you to move heat from where you, you don't want it to be to where you want it to be. And then a reversible heat pump actually just allows you to reverse that cycle completely. So that's where you get the heating and cooling uh, capability. Why is this a technology that we think is so promising for the future? Well, so there's a couple of reasons. Uh, The first is just it's highly efficient. Uh, And then second, um, in Con Ed's push to give our customers uh, clean technology and clean uh, heating and cooling options, uh, there's a big push for what's known as electrification. So... Electrification is saying, uh, where do most of the greenhouse gas emissions currently occur? In our service territory, it's close to two-thirds of greenhouse gas emissions occur in buildings, and most of that is around building heating and cooling. Uh, So most building cooling is already uh, through efficient air conditioning means, but a lot of building heating is actually done through fossil fuels uh, and especially fuel oil in our service territory. So heat pumps with the efficiencies they allow uh, are a very good way to target that, that major source of greenhouse gas reductions. Are there any limitations um, to heat pumps? Do they work as well for residential customers and maybe one or two family um, dwellings or uh, apartment buildings? Mm-hmm. So those, those limitations have gotten to be less and less over the years. Uh, there's, there's been a recent development within the past decade of what are called cold climate air source heat pumps. Uh, so ground source uh, exchanging heat with the ground has always been a good option for customers. Uh, air source, uh, because if you think about what you're doing for air source heating, you're taking heat from, uh, from a very cold space outside and putting it into the inside space. So the, the technology has really had to improve to make that appealing, but the technology has improved quite a bit over the past 10 years, um, and I think there's still a, an educational barrier. Customers don't necessarily know that that technology is available yet, but the technology is there now. When you need that heat the most, it's coldest outside because you're just exchanging, you're taking heat from a cold space outside and you're putting it into your house or your space. So it gets a little less efficient as it gets colder and colder outside. Why is that? Uh, just because it has to work a little bit harder because there's less heat. It, the, the density of the heat in that very cold environment is, is a little bit less, so you have to work a lot harder and compress more of that thermal energy to bring it inside. 
Um, but with geothermal or ground source heat pumps, you're actually exchanging heat with the earth itself. So in this case, with a geothermal installation, you'll dig a hole in, your say, your backyard that's maybe four or 500 feet deep. So the further you get away from the surface of the earth, you have a very strong temperature consistency uh, in that, at that 400, 500 foot level. So you're actually able to exchange heat at a very consistent temperature. The, the earth remains at close to 55 degrees Fahrenheit throughout the year. So rather than on those cold days exchanging with the outside air, which gets colder and colder, you're exchanging with the earth, which has a very steady temperature, which makes it very efficient for both heating and cooling. So if, it's, if you want your house to be 80 degrees, you're already starting at the temperature of 55 degrees, so you only have to heat to that difference? Right, right. Okay. And cool. So you... You're always a little bit closer. Would you have to warm up the air to cool your house down to 65 degrees in the summer, or would it just work less? It just works a little bit less, yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of technologies in general that will have a big impact on the grid and our utility. And I think, uh, you know, overall the, the umbrella term is distributed energy resources, and Conet has made serious investments in distributed energy resources over the years. When I think of the technology of the future for the grid, I think it's really... What, what's really healthy and exciting right now for me is we have uh, a whole plethora and a whole package of, of different technologies that customers are adopting, and customers are getting a lot of benefits from them. I think it's a win-win-win where, as customers are adopting more and more of these innovative technologies, we're all benefiting from that. And I don't think it's, it's necessarily any one technology. I am excited with heat pump technology for what it offers customers on the heating side in terms of, of efficiency. And then for us, that's also a benefit. It helps us to better manage the grid as well. What are the challenges to installing heat pumps in existing buildings? So in existing buildings, um, I would say the low-hanging fruit for heat pumps right now are, uh, you know, so new constructions, you didn't even ask about new construction. New construction's low-hanging fruit. It's much easier with a, a new build. Uh, with existing buildings, um, especially with uh, geothermal, uh, single family is, is definitely the low-hanging fruit. We're focusing on that in Westchester at the moment. Um, existing buildings, you start to... When you talk about long-term futures, future vision, so talking 2030, 2040 timeframe, I think in the short term, we'll be working with that low-hanging fruit for a little while, but in the long term, we do want to start to look at existing building retrofits and how do we overcome some of those barriers. Some of the big barriers in our service territory are around multifamily buildings where customers haven't had to pay for heat in the past. So that's a big barrier just on the billing side of navigating. You've got a landlord who's been paying for all the heat historically. You're going to start to shift some of those costs to tenants. How do you manage that that shift? And it's then you may have a more efficient setup overall, but that cost shift creates resistance among some, some customers that you have to navigate. So listening to you talk, I hear that Con Edison itself is rethinking its role as a utility. Can you tell me if that's true or, or why that's true? I think that's true. I think that that uh, one of the things I've I've been at Conet close to 10 years, and one of the things that I've really witnessed is is really learning that at learning as a company that as we empower customers with distributed energy resources, we can really do that in a way that that both we and the grid benefit and and our shareholders can benefit. Uh, I think that it's been interesting over the past several years because. We've actually started to earn some incentives financially for making these investments on the customer side. So I think that's actually helped us to, to both benefit and like realize the true financial um, capabilities of, of these investments. But putting the, these technologies into our customer hands is ultimately helping them to manage their bills and to manage their comfort. So I think that in a way we've all won from that. a heat pump incentive program that will be starting up in January 2020. 
And what's exciting about this is this program will actually be statewide. So there's a statewide framework with six uh, utilities joining on to incentivize heat pumps uh, in the same way across the state. Um, and we're going to be offering six years of funding certainty under that program. And we're really hopeful that that's the boost the market needs to really start to accelerate this technology. I think offering six years of funding certainty is, is a lot longer funding certainty than we've been able to offer in the past for innovative technologies. So I'm hopeful that the market will really respond to that and we'll see a, a lot of uptake within that period. Great. Thank Good. you. Cool. That's our show. Thanks to our guest, David Logston. And if you'd like to know more about making the switch to clean, efficient, renewable power to heat and cool your home and some great incentives, visit the Con Ed website. For story ideas or comments, you can send an email to podcast at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at Con Edison. I'm Anne-Marie Corbelis. Until next time, stay plugged in.